Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Sea Jam down by the seaside. Beckham Sea Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run. Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mar looking for the line. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity takes it at the very end. All bets off. Keystone Velocity. Keystone Velocity. And Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the wire fire your guns. Here he comes. Foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the sport of harness racing post time with Mike and Mike with co-hosts Mike Carter and it's bus 936 and bus 936 on the wings of an angel and Mike Bozich outside heaven rocks but the clock's running out Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry going and going Ohio, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and Mike, I'll tell you what, what a fantastic weekend of live harness racing we're coming off of uh, with the Crawford Farms Meadowlands Pace, and boy, did we have some fun while we were out this weekend. Yeah, we certainly did. You know, I'll tell you what, I'm trying to do this Twitter thing and Facebook thing, you know, while we're on the air, you know, <laughs> like you always do, and I just can't okay. do it. I, I can't do what it. Mean? I just can't do it. I can't do it in a timely fashion. I am just not coordinated enough to do it. Like, I'm going to tell you what, like, I want to put a promo out on Facebook and Twitter, letting everybody know that we're on the air. By the time I actually get it out, we'll be off the air. Listen, obviously you didn't see me work this weekend, then, because, uh, you know, you got to take some notes, man. You are gifted, buddy. I'll tell you what, but uh, we had a lot of fun, didn't we? That was fantastic, man. That was uh, really, really cool. We got a chance to see a lot of performances on Saturday at the Meadowlands, a lot of great performances. Um, it, it, you know, it's such a fun time. We have such a good time at our live remotes, had a chance to do a lot of different interviews. He interviewed just a lot of different people. It's kind of like a like a revolving door, Mike. We just any, you know, oh, yeah. we get a lot of horsemen that stop by and uh, – we just talked to them and talked to them about their horses, talked to them about who they like in the Meadowlands pace and who they like in the future race, whatever remote we're doing. It's just a, a fun, fun time, a chance to meet a lot of fans. And I'll tell you what, we had a chance to see a lot of good performances, Mike, some great, great performances, including one of the performances that I think is going to be up for the 2018 upset of the year. What do you think? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, Diva's image provided a monstrous upset, and uh, she was last at the top of the stretch, Mike. I've watched this replay about 100 times. I can't wait to talk to Joe Bongiorno in just a little bit and kind of figure out what his thoughts were turning for home. I never thought, I don't think he thought in a million years that the uh, field would come back to him like that. No, absolutely not. No question about it. But you know what? That's what happens the extra eighth of a mile. This is one of the things that I want to get uh, and talk to Joe about is perhaps that extra eighth of a mile. I mean, it didn't really appear that Chartin, I mean, Dietrich sent her to the front end, and it didn't really appear that she got a chance to rest all that much. Um, I don't want to say she was like a runaway truck, but she was setting some pretty good fractions out there, and uh, it really set up uh, for a closes race. But you know what? Let's... You know, we'll talk about that with Joe Bongiorno coming up in just a few minutes. But what about the Meadowlands pace? What about Courtly Choice? I mean, a great story for trainer Blank McIntosh. It was the second win, a uh, breeding win for our good friends at Windback Farm. And uh, by the way, I had a chance to do a nice article on them. That's going to be coming out sometime today. It'll be available on our website and, and uh, on the USTA newsroom. So make sure you check that out. But it gives them their second Meadowlands pace win. Um, but what about Dorsaduro Hanover? What a game effort. And our man, Rich Matei, who's a part of the post time with Mike and Mike team was doing some work for TBG. He actually picked the source on top at 55 to one. And I'll tell you what, if they were coming into the stretch, I thought he had a shot to win. You, I thought he had a really big shot to win with my $10. I thought for sure that Dorsodoro hit over turning for home was the horse to beat. And going into the um, adios this weekend, I think Dorsodoro hit over has got a really big chance. And I will kind of dive into that uh, here in just a little bit as well as the adios eliminations at the Meadows are coming up this Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see a horse named West Delight done well is coming back as well, Mike. So some of these top three-year-olds who've taken a couple of weeks off are uh, coming back. Yeah, no question about it. We're going to see the likes of West Delight and done well. And, of course, we're going to see uh, Dorn Sidero Hanover and some of the usual suspects. It's going to be a fantastic three-year-old event eliminations this weekend with the final coming up on next weekend. Mike, but we have a big show coming up for you today. But first, I know that you wanted to get an, give an update on uh, one of the – certainly one of the better drivers in our sport today, Louis-Philippe Bois, suffered a, uh, a – a little bit of an injury yesterday, a spill at the Grand River. So yeah, I think you got an update on that. Yeah, he um, he suffered a spill last night at Grand River. Um, we heard uh, this morning that he uh, is moving around and appears to be okay. Uh, he escaped serious injury, and that's uh, you know, you know, it's great news uh, considering some of the things we were hearing last night. Uh, we heard neck pain last night. We heard a possible broken knee, but Louis Philibois appears to be okay and is moving around just fine after a short hospital stint last night. And uh, so it looks like he'll be back. Uh, he'll be back to driving here uh, sooner than later. Yeah, so good news for Louis Philippe, certainly one of the uh, best young harness drivers that I've had a chance to see come forward in quite some time. Great show today. Joe Bongiorno will be joining us, uh, plus Nancy Johansson, trainer of Kissing in the Sand. Boy, how good has she been over her last couple of starts? She put on another pacing clinic at the Meadowlands on Saturday night. We're going to talk to Nancy about her. Heather Vitali is going to be joining us too, Mike. Can't wait to talk to Heather. 
Uh, she's going to talk to us about her post-time show celebrating its 20th anniversary. It's on the air on uh, TV on WBOC, I believe, in uh, the Delaware area. So she's going to talk to us a little bit about that. Plus, Rob Pennington, Darren Gagne, they've got a big weekend coming up at Running Aces with the Dan Patch. Darren Gagne is going to touch on that. We're going to actually lead off the show with uh, our man, Rob Pennington. Uh, Rob is uh, from the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey. They have a big event coming up, the National Standard Bread Horse Show, and he's going to talk to us about that. That is coming up, a jam-packed edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. It's Rob Pennington, but we come back after this timeout. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure Two-Gated Pleasure Class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! And Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by the chairman of the show committee of the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey, Rob Pennington. Rob, welcome to the program. Hey, Mike. How's it going? We have got a very big show coming up in the not-too-distant future. I'm going to leave it to you to tell us about all the particulars. Tell us about what's uh, coming up. It's the National Standard Bread uh, Horse Show in Allentown, New Jersey at the Horse Park. It's our 24th annual running of this event. Um, it's an all-standard bred horse show for horses that are currently racing, but most of them have been retired from racing or didn't make it. It's um, just our club basically shows that these horses are usable for other things outside of racing. And, of course, uh, it's going to be a big show. Tell everybody where exactly it is and when it is and what some of the fans attending the show can expect. The show is August 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's the first time we've been three days. The show has grown rapidly over the past 10 years. 
and it's just too much to get done in one day, two days. So now we had to stretch it, stretch it to three days. It's at the Horse Park of New Jersey in Allentown, New Jersey. It's a state-of-the-art facility. Um, and if you're a fan coming out, um, you're just going to see these beautiful horses doing a second career um, from many different aspects of the riding world. All right, and as far as from a horseman perspective, we have a lot of horsemen that listen to the show, um, and obviously you're always taking horses, taking interested parties if they want to participate. How can horsemen go about participating? If you'd like to show your horses, we have a division for horses that are fresh off the track, and that basically means they have raced within the last 365 calendar calendar days. Um, and that is really for horses that don't have the experience in the show ring and that it, that's new to this. So um, that's one thing we have to we like to promote is the fresh off the track. The other thing is the war horse division. This is for horses that have made um, 200,000 or more in lifetime earnings, 100 lifetime starts, or 20 years of age or higher. This division comes with a silk cooler that's donated by the Meadowlands. It's a beautiful cooler. This is one of the top divisions. Everybody thrives to get that cooler. And, of course, you mentioned uh, sponsorships. Meadowlands is sponsoring a cooler. I know you got some other uh, entities from around the harness racing industry sponsoring some stuff. Is it too late to sponsor? And if not, uh, where can they go to do that? It is not too late to sponsor. If you'd like to help us out this year, um, we can't get you in the prize list, but we'll gladly put your name on Facebook, put it on our website. If you go to sphonj.org, you can find out all that information on there. Um, our sponsorships are slightly down this year, so we are a little bit behind the eight ball. So we're hoping the show does attract enough entries, entries to make um, ends meet. Now, you are the chairman of the show committee for the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey. What role, what does the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey uh, kind of do? Our main goal is to educate the general public that these horses are just not used for racing. They have a purpose. You know, um, when everybody asks me, like, you know, what's the difference? There is no difference. They have four legs and a tail. They're a horse. They can do everything that a normal horse can do. It might take them longer and more training to get there because they've been trained not to make breaks. And in the show horse world, we want them to canter. So um, that's our main objective is to get the horses out there and let the world know that they are usable horses. Okay, once again, it is uh, coming up on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, August 10th, 11th, and 12th. Friday start, 6.30 start, right? 6.30 Friday, yep. And that, um, the whole show is dedicated in the memory of the Standard Bread Business's best friend, I think, yep. Sam McKee. Um, was just a great guy, big advocate for our show. He had a Standard Bread that he ran barrel races with, loved him. Um, he came all the time to our show, supported our show every year. So this year, in addition to the show being in his honor, we have also added um, a silk cooler donated by the Meadowlands to the open barrel race for Standard Breads and a $300 jackpot for that class in the memory of Sam McKee also. Um, his family is going to be in attendance, 
and it's going to be a beautiful event. All right, good stuff. Once again, so it's Friday at 6.30, Saturday, August 11th, and Sunday, August 12th. Things get started at 8 a.m., correct? Correct. Okay. And once again, for more information, if you'd like to come out, bring a fam- bring the family. Obviously, it's going to be a family fun event. For more information, where could people go? Check out the Standard Red Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey's Facebook page or our website, and that is sphonj.org. Also, if you are bringing your family on Friday evening, we are having an ice cream truck. It's free to everybody for two hours. On Friday night, the ice cream truck is there from 6 to 8. Saturday, the ice cream truck will be there from 3.30 to 5.30, and Sunday from 1.30 to 3.30. And I'd have to give shout-outs to the people that have sponsored um, the ice cream truck. On Friday night, it's it's sponsored by Mark's Equine Dentistry and Michael Marks Jr. He's a really great guy just getting started in the dentistry business. He's um, passed all the tests. He's going to be certified soon. If you need a dentist, look him up. Secondly, on Saturday, the ice cream truck is sponsored by myself um, and my horses. We like to support the cause also. And on Sunday, the ice cream truck is sponsored by Lynn Peeble. She is the daughter of Bill Weaver, who passed away a few years ago. He was a huge advocate for our, our club in this show. And um, so she keeps everything going in his name. All right. Well, I know you guys have put a lot of work into this, kind of on a personal level. This this has to take a lot of work, and there's got to be a lot of people behind the scenes that kind of make this happen besides you, huh? There's there's a few people behind. I would say six to eight of us that really wow. put blood, sweat, and tears into this. Um, and all of us do it on a personal level because we've all been supported through our adult lives by the Santa Bread business. All right. Anything else we should know? Um, entries close on July 25th. If you if you enter after that, it will cost you more money. So we're encouraging everybody to enter before July 25th. It'll save you, I'm saying, 40 to $50 to, to pre-enter. All right, very good. That was Rob Pennington, the chairman of the show committee of the Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey. Once again, one final time, that website. SPHONJ.org. All right, check it out. It's coming up August 10th, 11th, and 12th. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Mike. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org.
back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter, joined by Mike Bozich. Uh, an action-packed show coming up here this morning, but we're going to first talk to driver Joe Bongiorno. And Joe, listen, i got to talk to you about Diva's image. Boy, what a performance she put in this past weekend. The last-to-first effort. Uh, how did she come out of the race, and uh, how's she training up uh, leading up to her next start? Yeah, she's just a good mare. You know, we've had her since her three-year-old year. Um, you know, she's just a good horse. She's very game. She's on the smaller side. Um, you know, she's just a really tough horse. She, you know, she puts out a big effort every time she hits the racetrack. And, uh, you know, thankfully she came out of the race good. And uh, we just decided to give her a week off, you know, to recover after that uh, big race. And um, we plan on racing her not this Sunday, but next Sunday, um, I believe, at Poconos. Joe, take us in the, through the uh, great, a bit. in the Great Northeast series. Joe, take us through the ranks a little bit. Of course, we're talking about the Golden Girls uh, TBG free for all mares. Obviously, uh, Sharton was the horse that uh, was the one to beat. She went out there. She set the tempo. Obviously, she paid some pretty good fractions. And uh, you were basically in the back of the pack. Did it kind of surprise you when when uh, the turn for home? How much pace uh, Diva's Image actually had, or did it kind of surprise you that uh, you know Sharton? Uh, well, let's put it to you this way: the extra eighth of the mile. How did that play into it? You know what, I, I really did off the week before Timmy had drove uh, Diva's image at Pocono. And, I mean, she was really in an impossible spot turning for home. And when she did shake loose, she was full of pace. And, again, I mean, she paced out of her harness that night and come, uh, I believe, 26-4. and four, And it was like all last eight that she was pacing uh, to the wire. She went 49 flat that night. So, I really did. I figured, you know, she went into the race super sharp, and I knew that if the tempo, you know, if the fraction set up in her favor, I knew she'd be pacing forward at the wire. I didn't know if she could beat that mare or not, but I knew she would be close to her, and I knew that if the fraction set up, that she had a shot at it. And, um, you know, the fractions did set up in her favor, and she paced, you know, she, she did her job on the end of it. Now, Joe, talk to us a little bit about uh, a little bit about her. You know, you said you had her as a three-year-old, and, and has she always been kind of this gutsy horse that likes to perform with a ton of heart? Uh, she looks like she has a ton of closing kicks. From the uh, from the first time we raced her as a three-year-old, I mean, we went with her at Yonkers. I think she went fifty-four home in twenty-seven and one, and I knew we had a real horse then. And, uh, you know, she's just always been a gutsy horse, and I think she's just getting better with age. I mean, you know, my opinion is, uh, you know, three-year-olds, good three-year-olds going into their four-year-old year, I always think that's tough for them because they're going to start going up against older horses, for, you know, for the first time. And I think that was a tough year for her, and she battled a couple minor things as a four-year-old. And, uh, you know, now as a five-year-old, I think we're just going to start seeing that, you know, what kind of mare she really is. Visiting with driver Joe Bongiorno here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Joe, there was obviously a lot of emotions after the race. Uh, when you got off the bike, I thought uh, I couldn't quite see who you give a high five to, but it was probably one of the hardest high fives that I've ever seen anybody give anybody. Uh, talk about the emotion uh, going through that race when you actually returned to the winner's circle, some of the things that were said. No, you know what, that, uh, the, the guy that I gave a high five to, he's a big part of the team over here, um, you know, and uh, his name is Daniel, and uh, he's just a very good, he's a second trainer of ours over here, and he's just a very, very good uh, asset to the team, and, uh, you know, he's a very good friend of mine as well, so, I mean, he's just, he works very hard, and, you know, we, just the excitement for a first big win out of, uh, you know, out of this barn is, it's huge for us. <laughs> 
So we were just very excited. And, you know, we knew the mayor had the potential to do it, and she really came through the other night. Now, Joe, you get to train with your sister, Jen. And uh, I know that's got to be, you know, a lot of fun for you guys to get to kind of work together. But uh, I have to ask, does the sibling, uh, working with the sibling kind of, throw things off a little bit sometimes and uh, maybe like when you were younger argue back and forth or uh or are you guys pretty much get along pretty well you know what there's always times you know if you're having a bad day you know things are said that you know you take back and you feel bad about after the fact but um you know for the most part we get along very good you know it's just uh you know there's always two opinions and we just have to come up with one that works and uh you know, we work very well together. You know, she, you know, we kind of, we do our jobs and we know uh, what we have to do. And, you know, the key is that we take really good care of our horses over here and we just have a really good team. And, you know, it wouldn't all be possible without Jen. And, you know, we're just very thankful for that and all the owners and, you know, everybody on the, on the whole team over here. Joe, before we let you go, I think we have to ask you a little bit about uh, the French horse uh, that you guys got uh, in the SOA uh, initiative there with the uh, French American Trotting Club. And I know I'm going to butcher this name. Joe, do you know how to say this this name? Because I sure as heck don't. <laughs> I mean, I would pro- I would I would probably say it's Ursus. I don't think it's Death. I think it's Day. So Ursus Day Kylones is what I think it is. But I could be completely wrong as well. There you go. Tell us a little bit about uh, this horse. Uh, you know what? We really, um, you know, Howard Taylor had called us and, uh, you know, he didn't sound, you know, he's just excited for the event. I should start off by saying that. He thinks it's a great thing what Yonkers put together. Uh, we'll start off by saying that. Um, then it comes to the horse and, you know, he pulled up replays once he found out that this was the horse that we had got. And he had called us and he said, this, you know, he basically looks like a great Dane. He looks really small. He wasn't trotting. His last few starts, he had made breaks. Put it this way, he didn't sound super confident. And he said, we're going to have to work a miracle to make this one go, it looks like. So I watched, you know, I went ahead and watched some replays with Jen. And, you know, we kind of thought the same thing. You know, he didn't look very impressive on paper. And he didn't look very impressive in his replays. Then the horse gets here. Uh, he looked like he needed some, you know, weight put on him. So, you know, we just pounded the feed to him, um, just worked on his attitude a little bit. But as far as manners on the racetrack, he's a gentleman. You know, he does his job when he gets out there. And I think, you know, the main thing was getting him to travel straight was the first thing and getting his shoeing proper. And I think that we had gotten his shoeing really good now. And the horse, he trots one, two, three, four. He's just an impressive horse so far to me I I mean I can't say how he's going to be when it's a real race and you know with real competition but as far as training and his first qualifier I was very very pleased with him well it's going to be interesting to see how the French horses adjust to the states good good stuff well listen Joe we certainly appreciate you joining us best of luck in the future not only with the French horse but of course Steve's image and the whole stable thank you very much guys for having me all right, that was driver Joe Bongiorno and Mike. I think that it is certainly a big candidate for upset of the year. Diva's image coming out of the clouds to spur what we thought may have been the highest paying trifecta in Meadowlands history. But I think Holly come up with a stat that it was actually number two. Yeah, you know, um, it's one of those things, Mike, that, you know, 
it was really impressive, Diva's image, just the way she came home. But, you know, I think that she uh, is going to be my number one pick for upset of the year. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of upsets to kind of look through throughout the rest of the year. I think Diva's image uh, might be my top selection. Yeah, for right now. But you know what? The year's still young. Anything could happen. Absolutely anything could happen. I don't think uh, your handle or handover long shot on Saturday night is going to be upset of the year, and I don't think my Fayetosev long shot is going to be uh, <laughs> Listen, your your best bet of the night, your best long shot of the night won it uh, one to five, I think. So, uh, you know, Fayetosev, <laughs> you know, that's that's the way it goes. But mine won it one to nine, so I can't really say a whole lot. Well, there you go. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you what. We took, uh, you know, we took a couple shots at each other. We, we were on Brower's uh, show the uh, between race show at the Meadowlands. And uh, I was first, you were second and Garnett was third. And, and we were just getting ready to start the show. I really couldn't hear what Garnett said. So I, I hope Garnett was kind to us. Oh, I'm sure he was. Uh, he, he was on the show uh, there towards the end and, you know, what, what a great guy Garnett is. And uh, he helps us out um, a ton with our show, Mike. He gives us uh, everything that we need from a handicapping standpoint, stuff that we may not even see. So it's really cool to kind of see, uh, you know, where we go from there and um, some of the things that he brings to the table. All right. Lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Embed America. Nancy Johansson is going to be joining us around 11, 10 or so. She's going to talk about kissing in the sand. But I'll tell you what, you want to talk about the dominant force in the three-year-old Philly pacing division. I think kissing in the sand just off her last two efforts alone has just been really, really good. We're going to talk to her about the kissing in the sand. Plus, Heather Bintanley will be joining us and much, much more coming up next. A big weekend of harness racing at Running Aces Casino and Racetrack up in uh, Minnesota. Darren Gani is going to tell us about that, tell us a little bit more about the Dan Patch, and so much more. That's in the on-deck circle. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Attention all breeding funds. Did you know Pacing for the Cure has a stud fee for scooter program? Your stud fee donations will help those living with MS with severe mobility limitations obtain a scooter and be able to continue to enjoy their love of harness racing. Contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org if you'd like to make a donation. Mike? In case you haven't noticed, Mr. Bill G. has begun pacing for the cure for multiple sclerosis. Join in on the fun and weekly contest on Facebook to guess where he will place in each race. Like and share our page. Great prizes available for the lucky winners. Better yet, come out to the racetrack and watch him race live. Let's start a Mr. Bill G. fan club and start blogging on the journey page of the pacingforthecure.org website. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. 
Hey, it's Darren Gagne at Running Aces, and it's time to recap the racing action over the past week up here in Minnesota. It all started back on Saturday night, July 14th, when we featured the $14,000 Minnesota Sire three-year-old pace. It was a thrilling contest with horses stacked up three and four wide charging for home. When the dust settled, it was Here Comes Teddy and driver Brian Deachin sweeping by the field on the far outside to take the victory by three-quarters of a length, the lifetime best mile in 154. Here Comes Teddy was dismissed in the wagering at 22 to 1, pulled off the upset paying $47.40 to win. He paced a strong final panel of 28 seconds flat to get the victory. Here Comes Teddy is a gelding by Voracious Hanover, owned by Ames Racing and trained by Justin Amphinson. Peekaboo Tattoo with Steve Wiseman was second. My Skills paid the bills with Rick McGee driving. They had set the early fractions. They wound up home in third. Sunday night program at Running Aces featured the Dan Patch Preview Pace $15,000 event. Seven of the top horses from the Dan Patch Elimination Races dropped in the box for the preview. Nuclear Dragon was the slight favorite in the wagering at 9 to 5. Stevensville close behind 2 to 1 second choice. And Nine Ways also getting plenty of support at the windows at 5 to 2. The early battle was Stevensville and Fire Drake. Stevensville established command. Fire Drake was in the pocket early, and the opening quarter flashed in 27-1. and Nuclear Dragon floated away fourth from the outside seven posts, but launched an early first over attack as they passed the 3 eighths marker. And tipping the outside to get that cover was Better's Promise. Long shot on the board. Gold Star Misty also joined the outer flow. They passed the half in 56-2. and two. And it continued that way down the back stretch with nine ways also tipping to the outside from the back of the field. Nuclear Dragon began to apply heavy pressure to Stevensville as they turned and was able to forge past the longtime leader Stevensville just before the 123 and 2 3 quarter checkpoint. Better's Promise dropped into the pocket rounding for home and was able to tip out and engage Nuclear Dragon as they straightened for the wire, but Nuclear Dragon had plenty of fire left in his belly and fought gamely to hold a one-and-a-half length lead at the wire for the victory in 151-4. and four. Fourth one of the season for Nuclear Dragon. Big long shot Better's Promise spiced up those results, 34-1 to one in second. Nine ways completed the trifecta, and Fire Drake was home in four. Nuclear Dragon paid 5.60 to win. He's a six-year-old gelding by Nuclear Breeze out of the Dragon Again mare, My Dragon Flies. Lifetime winner of $224,148 now is owned by Richard Mishkin of New York and trained by Jeff Johnson, Jr. Also on Saturday night, July 15th, the $11,000 Open Trot event was also a top feature on the program with six talented square gators facing the starter for weekly top honors. Another breath with Kyle Husted was the talk of the tote board being sent off as the even-money favorite after a strong second placing in his local debut last week. Banker Volo with Rick McGee driving also highly regarded at 2-1, to one, and Banker Volo fired fastest from the outside, post 6, and established a quick early command. In fact, uh, was two lengths ahead of the field through all the fractions, 28-4, 58-4, and 126-3. And Longshot Doug's hobby horse with Nick Rowland had the pocket trip. Pride Crest with Steve Wiseman was sitting third before tipping first over past the 5-8. Another breath had jumped it off at the start. Silverload also made a break uh, uh, behind the gate. 
Banker Vol was still trotting strong as they straightened for home, but Pride Crest was able to tip to the outside and had plenty of trot and sweeping by Bankerville in the final 100 yards to win by a length and a quarter in 155-1. and one. Pride Crest gets up to win in the open trot over Banker Volo on Sunday. Pride Crest is trained by leading trainer Kathy Plested for owner Christopher Schick, driven to victory by Steve Wiseman. Pride Crest, 7-year-old Angus Hall Gelding, sporting 7 wins now and 14 starts this season, 25 career victories, and over $221,000 in career earnings. Pridecrest returned $10 for every $2 wager. Tuesday night's program here at Running Aces on Tuesday, July 17th, the weekly featured Mayor's Open Pace went to Delightfully Wild, who turned in an ultra-game effort. She was razor-sharp, delivering a gate-to-wire winning performance in 153-4 and for her 10th win of the season. Delightfully Wild was sent off as the race favorite, part of a two-horse entry. She drew the outside seven post in the talented field of seven distaffers. Mooney Swenson in the bike. He sent her charging hard from the gate, engaging in an early battle with last week's winner, Kiss on the Lips, with Nick Rowland. Delightfully Wild was able to establish command quickly, remained on top throughout fractions of 27 and 1, 57 and 2, and 126 and 2 before she faced strong pressure around the final turn from her stablemate, Better Lady, with Dean McGee. Delightfully Wild was still in command, turning in, kiss on the lips from the pocket, was ready to pounce toward the inside, and what it do, Baby Boo, as Steve Wiseman had stacked up three wide and was charging on the outside. They lined up three across the racetrack, all the way down to the wire, but Delightfully Wild fought gamely between mares and kept her neck in front at the wire. Over Kiss on the Lips, who was second, and what it do, Baby Boo finished in third. Three horse battle to the line, but Delightfully Wild hangs on in 153 and four. Delightfully Wild paid $4.60 to win. Five year old by Better's Delight, owned by Richard Morita and David Yamada, the trainer Jesse Pacheco. The two year olds invaded the track on. Tuesday night at Running Aces, kicking things off with Burning Blaze delivering on his promise in the first two-year-old event, the $8,500 Minnesota-sired race. This is a two-year-old gelding by Wind Me Up. He turned in an eye-opening gate to wire tally, 157-3, and coming in off of two qualifying victories. Big favorite on the board, Burning Blaze, paid $2.40. He's owned by Allen and Cheryl Sandbolt and Edward Guten, trained by Justin Amphersen. Again, the winning time, 157 and 3 for Burning Blaze in the two-year-old pace for the boys. MD Magic converted a pocket trip into a debut victory in the $14,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old trot, trotting home in 30-2 and two in the final quarter, stopping the timer in 2.04 for trainer driver Nick Rowland and owners set the pace racing. MD Magic, a, gal, a gelding by Braggart, and uh, Long, Lone Pine Shoesy made a very nice showing in that uh, two-year-old trotting event as well. Very sharp second for owner and trainer Wendy Haberberg and driver James Yoder. But MD Magic once again scoring on debut in 204 flat in the two-year-old trot. Then in the Philly division of the Minnesota Sire two-year-old Pacers, wind me up and watch me go with Dean McGee. Closed from off the pace, posting a sharp 28-second final quarter. Capture the win in the $8,500 two-year-old Philly pace. 159-4 the final time. Trinity's fancy Philly with Brian Deacham was second. Uh, beaten just a half a length. Winning Philly, Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go, is owned by Richard Davilar of Iowa, trained by Gordon Graham. She's a Philly by Wind Me Up. 
this coming weekend at Running Aces, a big weekend. Dan Patch weekend here at the track on Saturday. Dan Patch Historical Society on hand. We have a horse and driver bobblehead giveaway on Saturday and two big races on Saturday night. We have the $25,000 Minnesota Preferred Pace and the $25,000 Minnesota Preferred Trot on this coming Saturday's program. In the pacing event, Stucky Dote returns to running aces. Uh, he has had plenty of success over the years uh, in his campaigns out here as a Minnesota sire to two- and three-year-old. Well, he comes back to Minnesota in this uh, Minnesota Preferred event on, sun on Saturday night and faces... Horses like Whatcha Staring At and Gravels in My Travel and Barbosa and Goody Two Socks. Very nice field of nine in that Minnesota Preferred Pace. That'll be in race six on Saturday night. Then race seven, the $25,000 Minnesota Preferred Trot. Some very nice trotters in that field. Doug's Hobby Horse, Almar, Reba Babe, and Majestic Lady Joe. Also Margin Call and French Eclipse. Field of nine in race seven on Saturday night. $25,000 Minnesota Sired Preferred Trotting Event. Sunday, the big day here at Running Aces, the Dan Patch free-for-all final. Of course, post time is at 6 p.m. NahuPicks.com broadcasting live here at the track. All kinds of giveaways, including a trip for two to the Hambletonian, also $50 Hambletonian wagers, and you can participate in these via social media, so be sure and tune in to our broadcast from Running Aces on Sunday. Again, the $50,000 final, the Dan Patch free-for-all. Here's the field. Fire Drake has drawn post one, six to one morning line. To the limit, post two, eight to one. Nuclear Dragon, post three, three to one. Hawks Red Chief, post four, nine to two. I'm an athlete, 10 to one from post five. Nine ways, nine to two from post six. Stevensville, seven to one, post seven. Gold Star Misty, 12 to one, post eight. Better's Promise, post 9 at 15 to 1. Trashy Tongue Talker, second tier, post 10, 9 to 5, morning line favorite. That's the field for the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace, sponsored by Watch and Wager on Sunday, July 22nd here at Running Aces. First race post time, 6 p.m., $10,000 guarantee in the late pick four, which kicks off in race 7, the Dan Patch free-for-all final. Visit RunAces.com for free program downloads for every night of live racing, handicapping selections, race replays, and so much more. Again, RunAces.com. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week, every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Thank you very much, Darren Gagne. Yeah, a big weekend of racing coming up at Running Aces, and you certainly want to check it out for all the information. Check them out on their website, the Big Dan Patch, coming up this weekend. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter, and uh, Mike, right now we're going to be joined by a very special guest trainer, Nancy Johansson, and she's got uh, a pretty darn good three-year-old filly <laughs> going right now. 
Well, listen, I'll tell you what, Kissing in the Sand has put in a couple of dominant performances over the past couple of weeks. And uh, Nancy, we bring her in now. And Nancy, I got to tell you, you have to be impressed with how Kissing in the Sand uh, has been doing over the past couple of weeks. I remember we talked with driver Scott Zeron at Pocono um, when she was just absolutely dominant and gutsy in victory. And he said when they turned for home, he was racing for second place at that point because he didn't think he had a chance to win. And somehow she fought on. Uh, just where does she get all of this heart and guts from? You know what? Um, she is just a tough, tough filly. She's been tough from, I guess, the first moment that she set her hooves on this earth. You know, her her mom died when she was just a couple days old. So she was raised by a nurse mare. And, you know, she had a lot of adversity to overcome just be, as a foal. And, you know, she was tough to break, tough last year. And this year she's just really settled into herself and matured a ton. And, you know, she's putting some of that toughness to good use now. Yeah, no question about it. Mike Bozich here, Nancy. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the race two starts back. Talk a little bit about the Lynch. She left from post nine and she was parked for eternity and the fractions were very very swift especially that second and third quarter tell us a little bit about what uh, was going through your mind when you saw that she wasn't going to get a pylon oh gosh when she was going towards the half I was just thinking oh not again because it was very it was actually the exact same fractions in the same position that she was in in the three diamonds final as a two-year-old um, when You're My Candy Girl was on the front and, you know, Kissin was parked on the outside of her. So I was like, oh, oh no, you know, this is, <laughs> I mean, that is not the situation that any trainer wants their horse to be in. But at the same time, I also know that she's very strong, you know, physically strong. And I, I saw that Scott really wasn't pushing. He was just sitting outside of You're My Candy Girl. And I, you know, we train our horses a lot, um, two by two, you know, like we'll have big sets, but they'll sit on the outside of each other. So I was like, you know what, as long as he doesn't really push her and she just sits there, I think she'll be fine. And, um, you know, coming in the last turn, I, you know, I would have been, you know, I think everybody would have still thought she raised an amazing race if she would have finished second at that point. And, um, you know, that, that second, that tuck that Scott was able to do a little bit coming out of the turn, you know, he said that she grabbed right back on and, so he let her go again, and she went. So, I mean, obviously, going to the half, I was like, oh, this might not be the ideal situation. But, you know, she toughed through it. She toughened through it. So. Now, Nancy, Once let's kind of talk. Yeah, go ahead, oh, Mike. I'm Mike, sorry. I missed your No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to ask Nancy a little bit of a follow-up. But, you know, then you come from that tough race the Lynch, you go into the Mistletoe Chalet. Now, the Mistletoe Chalet, you, you kind of obviously got a better trip. I mean, you got to the front, got a little bit of a rating that second quarter, that middle half, but then you had to contend with the extra eighth of a mile. Did that extra eighth of a mile, did that have any kind of concern to you going in? No, actually, the eighth didn't bother me at all because, like I said, we train our horses very, you know, tough. You know, they train a lot on the straight track, so her physical condition is, you know, peaked. So I, I'm I was really not concerned about the eighth. I actually thought maybe that would work to her advantage because she is so strong. Like her, we always check our horses, heart rates post race and, you know, really keep an eye on, you know, their physical condition and her heart rates always very low. So, I mean, even after the lynch, I think she had 84 heart rate, which is uncommonly very low. So, um, 
you know, I wasn't really concerned about the mile in the eighth. I was, you know, as a trainer, I was just a little bit more concerned how the Lynch, you know, that being parked out and, you know, obviously you never want a horse really to, you know, kind of hit bottom in a race. You know, you always want to have a little bit left in the tank when you're racing. And I didn't know how much was left in the tank after the Lynch. So I was a little, you know, maybe a little bit concerned about that, but she had trained back really nice and she jogged really nice, you know, going into the mistletoe chalet. So overall I was really not that concerned. Now, Nancy, obviously always the transition from two to three and even three to four sometimes can kind of be a bumpy road. But one thing about Kissing in the Sand, she's really matured well uh, from two to three. You guys have to be impressed with how she's kind of come along and how she's matured. How did she do over the winter and uh, as she was coming back? You know, she did mature really. She she was always, you know, a good size filly at two. I think she's a little stronger this year. I think that, you know, the biggest um, change was that I actually changed place where I train. I now train at my dad's farm. And, you know, just being at Millennium Farm has given me a little bit more options where we have a straight track and a deep sand track, and I could keep her off of the round track as much as possible. And we have, a, you know, a nice two-mile trail on our farm. So just mentally, I was able to really get a lot of um, work into her where she was, you know, nice and relaxed. And she got a lot of physical work without having to go a lot of speed work. And I think that has been a huge, huge advantage for her. Nancy, tell us what's uh, ahead for Kissing in the Sand. So she's actually, um, she's got a stake on Hamiltonian Day. She has the Shady Daisy that day. So that'll be her next start. Um, I'm either going to qualify or train her fast at the Meadowlands next weekend, um, just because she needs like a little bit of a tighter because it'll be three weeks in between. So but um, besides that, she's just, you know, kind of sticking on her normal routine. But hopefully she'll be sharp again at the Shady Daisy on Hambo Day. But we'll see. <laughs> All right. And uh, obviously, Kissing uh, in the Sand's not the only horse in your stable. Tell us, uh, give us an update kind of on what's going on in the uh, Johansson stables. Who else can we look out for? Um, you know, I think actually LA Delight, she's going to race on Hamiltonian Day as well. She raced super super on um you know in the golden girl she just got locked in behind a tiring charton and i think if she would have gotten any sort of daylight she would have just you know drawn off but you know it was one of those situations where you think you're following the best horse but the best horse was an honorary game that day and you know i can't really fault yannick's drive for it but you know <laughs> at some point I, I wish we would have had some daylight so um, I think that she's really coming into good form. She's been racing really, uh, really well recently. Just she, you know, she kind of deserves to win a big one. She's going to race back at Chester on Sunday in the Open Mares Pace, and then she'll go to um, Hamiltonian Day. And you know, we have a really nice group of two-year-olds that are just getting started. So um, I think we have some good, some good races in us in the future. Fantastic. Well, Nancy, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck to Kissing in the Sand, and uh, best of luck to your stable going forward. All right. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. All right. That was Nancy Johansson, and uh, tell you what, Kissing in the Sand is going to be a monster three-year-old filly, and she's got, obviously, uh, a great stable of horses moving forward. But we haven't had a chance to play this this thing in a while, Mr. Carter. <laughs>
All right, we have uh, a little bit of breaking news coming out of Batavia Downs in New York. The passing lane has been removed from another Um, just a couple of months ago. In fact, we need to have him back on the program to kind of talk about uh, what that's done for the racing product there. But it looks like uh, Batavia Downs is going to uh, remove their passing lane uh, in uh, their upcoming racing season. So it's going to cause for uh, cause for some interest, that's for sure. Very interesting. And that was one of the things we wondered, Mike, was the removal of the Yonkers passing lane. Was that going to cause a domino effect? And uh well, it has it looks to like some it might extent. Have started. Not the, actually, not to the extent that I thought it would, but slowly but surely, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's slowly but surely kind of you know catching on at a couple of different racetracks. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how the half mile track at Batavia um, runs without the passing lane uh, this year. More to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. But we come back. It's Heather Vitali and uh, her and her. Fantastic show. The TV show Post Time is celebrating its 20th anniversary. We'll talk about that, PA Harness Week, and much, much more with Heather up next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. At Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. The Standard Bread Pleasure Horse Organization of New Jersey is proud to present the National Standard Bread Horse Show. Coming up on August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. It's fun for the whole family. The fun starts on Friday, August 10th at 6.30 with games and fun divisions featuring the Sam McKee Memorial Barrel Race. Then on Saturday, August 11th, it's Western In-Hand Showmanship, Driving, Roadster, and Gated Divisions. And on Sunday, August 12th, Dressage, English Equitation, Jumping, Hunters Fresh Off the Track, Warhorse, and the Pacing for the Cure two-gated pleasure class. This year's show is in memory of the late, great Sam McKee. For more information, visit us at sphonj.org. That's sphonj.org. It's the National Standard Bread Horse Show, August 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Horse Park in Allentown, New Jersey. Be there! Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback farm.com We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'm surprised our next guest hasn't sued us for copyright infringement yet. Uh, the other, the, the other Post Time so, show, so to speak. 
Well, listen, hers was the first post-time show, and it is celebrating its 20th anniversary, and it is a tremendous, tremendous program. If you haven't had a chance to see it, it's um, it's in the Delaware area, and I believe, Heather, it's WBOC. Is that right? It is. It's WBOC. It's the local CBS affiliate here on Delmarva, which is Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, if um, the people out there don't know what Delmarva stands for. So, yeah, yeah, we go to um, – I think uh, it's 600,000 homes, and and uh, it's the number one viewed network in the area. Wow, and that's uh, that's unbelievable. And you guys are celebrating your 20th anniversary. It's a great show, and the, the reason, in my opinion, it's a great show is because it's a mix. It's got a, a lot of lightheartedness in it, and it's got a lot for newcomers, obviously, and this is something that we badly need in the sport of harness racing, newcomers. But it also has some great information for the seasoned uh, fan as well. Tell us a little bit about the show post-time and uh, kind of your personal interaction with it. That's your baby. It is my baby. Uh, so, yeah, that was one of the things when we started Post Time 20 years ago. How do we make it a show that the people that know about harness racing will enjoy, but also the people that we, you know, we, we know that they know that there is harness racing, but they don't know anything about it. You know, how do we get them to watch? And I think we've had a, had a recipe that has really worked. And it started like I was working at Hollywood Park doing thoroughbreds and uh after that season ended i ended at hollywood park i came back home to delaware and i didn't have a job (laughs) and um then all of a sudden like i had these offers one of them was from the delaware standard bread owners association they were thinking about starting the show i went into a meeting the board of directors then uh included some great people, including a guy named Earl Croswell, who had a great relationship with WBOC. And we ended up coming up with this show. And when I first started it, everyone was like, that didn't know a lot about harness racing. They're like, how are you going to make a show about harness racing that's going to last more than like a month or two? And I used to tell them, well, how do they come up with NFL shows? I mean, there's always a new athlete or, or a human interest story or something educational that you can give the viewer. And lo and behold, here we are 20 years later. Heather, obviously, being doing any program for 20 years um, and obviously watching any program for 20 years, you have to kind of see it evolve throughout the years. And it's been kind of interesting to watch how your show has evolved throughout the years. How do you keep things fresh and how do you keep things new to kind of keep people interested? Well, let me tell you, like when I first started and I had done some TV before, oh my goodness, I was so bad. Like I look at those first couple of shows and I think I can't believe my bosses kept me on. Um, So as far as evolving, I'm happy that the way I've evolved as a television host and become more comfortable and I seek to have a conversation rather than an interview with people, which I think that the people that I interview, they really appreciate that and they don't feel uncomfortable being in front of the camera. And um, as far as evolving this, the show itself, you know, we've taken, taken it from, well, you know, not really sure what to have on each week to make the viewer happy, that it's so natural now. Uh, I know my audience. Uh, I, I meet them at everywhere. Every single day in this area, I am recognized. They 
do not know the name post time. They know that I am the girl on TV that does harness racing at 1130 a.m. on Sunday mornings at WBOC, and they watch it. And um, that is one of the great things about the show. It brings so much awareness to the sport. And that you're absolutely right about that, and that's one of the things we can't afford to lose is that lifeline through the mainstream media, so to speak. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of times I think we find ourselves, uh, for lack of a better term, preaching to the choir. But whenever we have a chance to reach out to newer people or, or people that, you know, come to the track once or twice a year but really aren't familiar with the sport and know how the sport works, I, I think we, we absolutely need that lifeline. And that's, you know, why I love your show. Speaking of another show uh, that has just made its way back out of the airwaves is uh, PH. Harness Week, and uh, so great to see that back, and you and Charlotte are doing just a tremendous job. Tell us a little bit about that and how that uh, got to come back. Yeah, so it ended a few years ago, and, uh, you know, we had been hoping that it was going to come back, and still I had it in the back of my mind to come up with ideas for the show. I just really felt that at some point the perfect time was going to happen, and it did. And I love this new edition of it. I love the old edition, but I love this new edition just as much, if not more, because we have it split up differently. Like we have it in different segments. Like we have our OMG segment, our don't miss segment, our what's trending segment. So uh, I think that it's it's really, um, we say it's the fastest pace half hour on television, it really is fast paced. And I do love working with Sharla and she's uh, such a great figure in that, in that area, the Pocono area. She's uh, an anchor on a local newscast there. So people recognize her. She's a huge following on TV and social media. So I think that's been a great asset as well to the show. Now, Heather, did you kind of have to teach her a lot about the sport of harness racing, but or was that something she kind of brought to the table herself? Yes, yeah, she knows about harness racing already because she had started out as a sportscaster the show at the uh, TV station she's at. Now she's an anchor, but she started out as a sportscaster. So she's even done things where she sat in the bike with Matt Kikaley and he's taught her about the sport and how to drive a horse and, and things like that. So she knows about the sport. All right. Heather Vitale joining us on the program. Heather, for anybody that wants to check out uh, post time in the Delmarva area or PH harness week here in the Philadelphia area, tell people how they could go about uh, checking it out. Post time is on YouTube, you, so you can see it all over the world. I just want to mention, you know, I, you know, I go to Ireland every year, and I've been to Australia. I'm going to New Zealand this year as well. Uh, people recognize me. Thank God for YouTube. It has been such an amazing outlet. So anywhere in the world, you can watch Post Time on YouTube, and just it's it's YouTube.com uh, forward slash Post Time Show, or just go on and you know, look up post-time show, Heather Vitale. Same with PA Harness Week. We have our episodes right on YouTube. So if you do not have the NBC Philly station that it comes on, uh, just look it up on YouTube and Facebook. It's all over social media as well. Fantastic. One of the great harness promoters of our time, Heather Vitale joining us. Heather, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and best of luck to you on the TV shows moving forward. Hey, can I just say one more thing? Absolutely. 
Uh, if anybody is at Hambletonian, I am in the Hambletonian fan tent with two of my besties, okay? Ryan DeVilla and Susan Skinner. We rock the fan tent. So if people are out there and they are at Hambletonian this year, you have to come by and see us at the fan tent. We have big heads and flags, and it is one of the most special days and the greatest day in harness racing, and it's so magical. So come see us. Fantastic. Will do. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you. That was Heather Vitale, and I'll tell you what, what a tireless promoter for the sport of harness racing. She does so much uh, on so many different levels, and, you know, it's good to see PA Harness Week back, and it's good to see uh, Post Time celebrating its its 20th year. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, to do anything for 20 years and kind of keep it fresh, Mike, uh, you know, is not easy to do. Uh, We've been doing this uh, a little over three years now, and we're always looking for new, fresh ways to do things, new things to kind of, you know, spice things up a little bit. So to do it for 20 and to keep people interested is definitely uh, something to be commended. Yeah. And you know what? Another thing, too, Mike, post if you notice, post time is so synonymous with horse racing. There's actually a few other post times out there too, I believe. Yeah, not just not just her, me or no us rather, yeah. uh, me and you and um, you know. There's, thank a, there's goodness a couple other post times. Have a high powered attorney. Time shows going around. Yeah, thank goodness she doesn't have a higher powered attorney, or else we'd all be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> that's for sure. All right. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this thing up when we come back. We, we've had a lot of fun on this program. I don't know where the time's gone, but we've got one more bill to pay, and then we're going to wrap this thing up on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. All right, what a show we've had this morning. Uh, we talked to Joe Bongiorno, Heather Vitale, Rob Pennington, Darren Gagne, and Nancy Johansson. Uh, our next live remote comes up at Hamb- the Hambletonian on August 4th from Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. Stay tuned for that. We'll see everybody back here next Thursday. First post is the 1030. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy. Closing time One last call for alcohol To finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay 